I mean, I was also going to ask you about your um, experiences on the internet prior to Twitter. Um, like, were you a forums guy? Like, what types of forums were you on? If so, like, what types of online communities were you part of? And were you talking about menswear during that time? Like, and uh, because I, I sort of imagine that if you were, then you've had quite an interesting experience, like going on to Twitter, where you're sort of finding people who are like tangentially interested in this subject or people who like aren't interested at all and are sort of wondering why you've sort of shown up and maybe that goes some way into explaining why some people kind of react with like these this like in in quite bizarre ways like much more bizarre than perhaps uh is warranted yeah so i grew up on like menswear blogs and forums um since like around like the mid-2000s i started reading um menswear blogs and then i Lurked, asked Andy about clothes and a little bit of super future, super denim, but I mainly spent most of my time on style forum and sometimes on this mm. other forum called um, the London Lounge. I also sometimes looked at like um, Cutter and Taylor, which was like a tailoring forum, but I was mainly 90% of the time on style forum. And um, I read, you know, blogs by guys who were just obsessive about clothes. I mean, there was like a blog just a guy that was obsessed about Alden shoes. Um, heavy tweed jacket was just about like right. um, old Ivy style and like some Japanese menswear magazines, um, a suitable wardrobe. I read all these kind of like niche blogs and um, I, I guess I would just consider myself a clothing guy. I just, I really love clothing. That's it. That's really nothing more to it than that. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the reason why I brought that up is just because, well, partly because it's like interesting to sort of see the background, like hear about the backgrounds of posters. Uh, but the other part is that one of the things that we talk about on this show is how Twitter and platforms like Twitter function in this weird way where a lot of the engagement and traffic kind of, uh, especially when it comes to sort of rage baiting, sort of comes from a situation where you post something that was designed for one set of people, yeah. but ends up in the er it ends up in areas that where other people for whom the post was not designed for or written for end up seeing it and feel a degree of entitlement to interpret and to react to it. And where like in the past, you know, where, especially if you had like, you know, weird observations, like you know, not weird observations, but like if you had like hobbies or if you had like niche uh, interests and stuff, like going to those forums would sort of mean that there was like a lexicon and a hierarchy that really mediated the way in which these communities would sort of function. And then in the platform economy, none of that is there. And so as a result, like a lot of the ways that we interact with each other or we interact with people, especially people we don't know, comes from this place of like getting mad at things that were never really designed for us anyway. And I wondered what your thoughts were on that, especially because I think when I, when I see your, when I see some reactions to your posts, when I talk about like bizarre reactions, sometimes it's kind of like, okay, you've done a thread, for example, about, uh, you know, understanding, you know, so today I think was a good example of a time of recording where you've done this post about how to tell like different qualities of shoes. And like you have reactions that are like, you know, basically getting really mad at you for various reasons. And I'm like, if you want to elaborate on them, like, please go ahead. But my interpretation of it was very much like, but yeah, but this thread probably wasn't designed for you. Like if you're getting mad about expensive shoes and, you know, tailoring styles and stuff and like, you can sort of scroll past it, but yet there is this kind of impulse that we just can't, we have to react to it, even if these things don't sort of pertain to us. And I wondered whether you had any thoughts on that as someone who like has had a lot of reactions in a very similar vein. 
Yeah. So I have a couple of thoughts. One is that um, I've noticed I've noticed the same thing, and and it's kind of a double edged sword because in you know like ten years ago when I was you know kind of mainly on forums and menswear blogs, um, to come across this information, you'd have to have an interest in men's clothing, and then you'd have to know about a website or a forum, and then you'd have to go to that URL, and then mm. you'd have to do that on a daily basis to then accrue knowledge, and then you'd be part of a community, and then you'd discuss things. And the way that Twitter works now, <clears throat> uh, after, especially after Elon Musk instituted the For You timeline, is that my information not only goes to a broader range of people because of retweets, but it also just gets fed into people's timelines without them ev- ever even asking for it. So I end up showing up on people's timelines, even if they're not interested in clothes. And the upside to that mm. is that I've gotten really, I, I mean, I'm genuinely, um, it's really kind of refilled my my tank to get um, emails from people saying that you've inspired my interest in clothes, that I found a new hobby, that, you know, like, I one guy said he like wore a suit one day, even though he didn't need to, and he felt great. And I was like, wow, that makes me feel really good. Like it, it genuinely really, um, it's really heartwarming for me to get these emails from people who say that they found a love for clothes because of my tweets, because I consider myself first and foremost an enthusiast and a hobbyist. And I, I love being able to inspire that love in other people. The downside is that, um, yeah, I also end up uh, getting a lot of angry tweets from people mm. who um, aren't interested in clothing and don't know why I'm showing up on their timeline. And I think there are two dimensions to this. One is that Twitter has its own ecosystem and its own conversation. So it's not completely neutral. And the ecosystem and the conversation is often heavily political and it's heavily, um, it's often a very angry timeline. So my tweet will show up in a stream of, other tweets that are designed to make you angry and design are mainly talking about, um, you know, I'm not dismissing them. There are real issues of classism and racism and sexism and all this stuff. Um, But since my tweet about clothing shows up sandwiched between all of these tweets that are about these issues and the person is already angry, that person then I think often transposes that conversation onto my discussion about like pants. And again, there are real issues with clothing when it comes like, absolutely, there are issues with sexism and racism Mm -hmm. and all these things do dovetail with clothes because clothes are inherently political. Um, They are our ways to express our gender identity, um, our, uh, our sense of belonging in groups, so on and so forth. But I end up getting, I think, many more of those responses, partly because I'm showing up on a feed that's on a platform that's very political and often very angry. Mm. And I agree. The other thing is that the context is often lost. So to take an example, um, I one of my early threads on Twitter um, was about how to choose shoes for a dark suit. So if you're wearing a navy suit, I was saying you should get black or mid-brown shoes. And I was saying you shouldn't go for tan and you shouldn't go for these other kind of like wild colors like red and blue and green and whatever. And this comes from a long experience on forums and blogs 
where people used to talk about classic men's clothing and there was a very clear idea of what that meant. Like, what is what is a classic style? Like, what is what is that look? And over time, that community has kind of like evolved into this, in my view, more of a collector mentality. So people are less interested in dressing and more interested in buying expensive things and collecting them and then posting mm. photos of them online. And instead of buying, instead of like dressing in, in a classic outfit, many of these forms have just, kind of evolved into people collecting really um, colorful or unusual shoes. So I was tweeting part of this conversation that was really part of a forum and blog conversation yeah. onto Twitter, and then people got it. And then we're talking about, well, black men in the South wear, you know, like really colorful shoes. But they're also like, they're not like that whole style is a different thing than like, a classic menswear look. And it's hard to have these conversations because there's so much context. If you go to a forum, there's a lot of context of what we're talking about, the aesthetic we're talking about. And there's a lot of understanding of like how this space has evolved over time. And then on Twitter, you're only allowed 280 characters. You can do a string of tweets, but you know, you're not going to explain the history of forums and blogs and classic men's style. And then it's just, you know, it's all lost. And then, and then you get accused of like racism and, and erasure and all this stuff, which again, I, these are real issues. I'm not dismissing them, but it's just an example of how context is lost when you move it to different platforms and people um, are imposing their own um, understanding yeah. of things onto your tweet. <laughs>